0: From the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now here's your host, David Strausser.
1: I'm your rocket host, David Strausser, and it's time for another top-notch episode of Shark Bite Biz. Your place to learn how to grow business during complete chaos. We have a hot, really, really, really flavored hot episode for you all today. It's all about writing your own paycheck. No, no, no. This is not an MLM pitch. I'm not going to have you guys out there selling vitamins or weight loss meals or anything like that. It's actually doing something legitly, okay? This is allowing you to literally write your own passive income. How's that? It's by writing a book a month and building consistent recurring income. Most of our viewers and listeners are creative business types of people. You have stories to tell. Whether it's your personal growth story that can really help others that maybe are confused or need some inspiration to move past any barriers that are preventing them from growing. Or maybe you're just at the top of your game and you're a subject matter expert in something. Most of you out there listening to this show have some sort of story to tell. Now, the thing is about people, and this is why I think having a story to tell is important is that a lot of people, they're gullible. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of bad to say, but we are people, humans in general, we are gullible for a good story. We love stories. I mean, storytelling goes back, you know, millennia. It's something that's always been a part of human nature. Just a fact. Humans love stories we love to get sucked in and there's really no time like right now to launch your next story in written form you should always 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 be creating content and this guest today is somebody that's really going to help you launch your career to the next level so who is today's guest michelle colt Michelle Culp left a successful 17-year career in law to follow her dreams of writing, speaking, and teaching. She turned her love of books and writing into a full-time online business. Michelle loves helping others write and launch books to get their message out to the world. Michelle's been writing a book a month since January 2020 and has created over $2,300 a month in passive income just from book writing. And this was all based out of an article that she read on Written Word Media that said authors who make 100 a year have 28 books in their catalog. So, Michelle started writing a book a month to test that theory, and she is well onto her way of hitting 100K a year from residual book sales. She literally wrote the book, 28 books to 100K. So without further delay, let's bring in the wonderful
0: Michelle Colfon in here. Creative and innovation tips.
1: Michelle, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So glad to have you here today with me.
2: Thank you, David. I am very excited to be here as we're closing in on the on the year and going to be starting a new year soon.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely a new year and maybe a new book. We'll get into that in a minute, right? Yes,
2: absolutely.
1: <laughs> so, very first question we ask everybody on this show. It's sort of a tradition here is what's your experience? What's your background, what's your expertise? What makes Michelle, Michelle?
2: Oh, good question. Well, I thought, you know, when I was 17 years old sitting in business law class, I knew what I was gonna do for the rest of my life. And there was no questions about it. I was gonna be an attorney. I I was all about justice and the legal system. And so I went, graduated high school, went to college. I didn't quite get to law school because I ended up getting married and having three kids, but I did become a paralegal for 17 years. And I loved my career for probably about maybe 14 of those 17 years. And then at the end of that career, I had what a lot of people have, which I call career creep. And career creep is when you're doing a job and you love it, and then- There's tiny little shifts that change, like the tasks that Mm -hmm. you do every day, and then you're doing 75% of the things you don't like, and only 25% of the things you like. Where before, like I was doing 75% of what I loved, and then all of a sudden I'm not doing those things, and I hate my job. But I couldn't fit. I was young, and I was like, "Why do I hate my job?" I would call in sick all the time. I was. I just they knew I didn't want to be there and that I I I didn't hide it very well and so I got <laughs> fired from the last law firm I was at. They basically Ooh. don't they don't like to fire people at law firms because they're afraid of lawsuits. So they said the yeah. department <laughs> you work in has been restructured and your job no longer exists. Here's some severance pay. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs> oh
2: I know. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? In the meantime, I had a pivotal moment. And I'm sure a lot of your guests talk about pivotal moments. Right. So my Mm -hmm. pivotal moment was meeting Billy Ray Cyrus when his song breaky Heart came out in 1992. Um, I think I was delusional, but I thought he was playing on my birthday because I was going to meet him and he had something important to tell me. So I went to the concert, chased down his limo, got kicked out of the um, <laughs> out of the Patriot Center four times. That's in Fairfax, Virginia. I got threatened by his bodyguard that they were going to call the police, but I was I was not I was not going to let it stop me. Billy Ray had something to tell me. I don't know why I thought this, and I was going to meet him and I was going to figure out what it was. Now, I think why I was delusional was because at that time in my life, I was getting a divorce from my ex-husband. I was living uh, paycheck to paycheck uh, on the le- you know the legal salary with three kids to support. My older brother was diagnosed with AIDS and was dying. I was having heart palpitations that ended me in the emergency room. I thought I was having a heart attack and they they determined it was stress. and when they asked me if I had any stress, I said, no, I don't have any stress like I I was so young and naive. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I don't have any stress. Like this is normal, crazy life. And they're yeah. like, you yeah, need to see a psychologist. We think this is anxiety attack. <laughs> and anyways, my answer was meet Billy Ray Cyrus and that would fix everything. I did get to his hotel room. I did have a three hour conversation with Billy Ray Cyrus after getting kicked wow. out. I do write about it in a couple of my books. One, uh, one book, Quit Your Job and Follow Your Dreams. I write the whole story. So I meet Billy Ray, I'm in the hotel room, after his concert, um, we're talking, and he, he actually is a very spiritually enlightened man, but he also has like that other side, like we all kind of have different masks we wear. He has like the stage persona, but then he's very spiritually enlightened. And I I mean, we just talked like you would talk when you meet somebody. But the thing that changed my life about Billy Ray is they told me, he, he sold 17 million copies of key Breaky Heart. And people called him an overnight success and all this stuff. And he goes, "I'm not an overnight success. I've been playing music my whole mm-hmm. life. I've been playing in bars, not getting paid. You know what I mean? Traveling all across yep. the country, you know, to do my what I love." And he goes, he says to me, "Michelle, what's your passion? What do you love?" And I said, uh, uh, "He goes, what's your dream?" I go, "I don't have any dreams. My life's about survival. I was still working at the law firm." struggling to pay the bills with the you know three kids and he Mm -hmm. goes no he goes everybody has a dream and you're going to promise me that you're going to go out and find this dream and never ever give up on the dream so that was the thing he said to me and i was like okay so i left that com that you know that conversation with billy ray and i was like all right everybody has a dream what's my dream you know like the movie pretty woman and they're like what's your dream you know and i'm like I don't have a dream, um, but I did a year later. You know, I found my dream. I was in the bookstore and a little book fell in my hand called How to Find Your Mission in Life by Rich, uh, Richard Bowles. He also wrote What okay. Kind of Parachute? And the book said in his book, he's had one question that changed my entire life. And it said, what do you love to do where you lose all sense of time? And I'm thinking, what do I love to do that I lose all sense of time? When I was a kid, I Mm -hmm. loved writing all, I I would write essays, reports for school, I would sit in my room and write poetry, short stories, like I loved writing, and funny that I I was thinking about writing at the time, because when I was in the legal field, the two things I loved, legal writing and legal Mm -hmm. research, and why I was so-
1: You love legalese?
2: Yes, I love
1: legalese.
2: (laughs) In fact, I- I had a company called Legalese. I used to do private wow. server serving um, after I left the law firm. I did that for a little while, but that was the name of the company. Uh,
1: <laughs> hold on, I, okay. Before you continue, I want to break this down real quick with Billy Ray Cyrus. First off, you know he is uber popular again right now with Old Town Road. My three-year-old is listening to it non-stop. I love and that he loves song. It. Yeah, it, it's. It's great. Funny how he's popular again with just one song, but uh <laughs> just one
2: song. He like disappears uh, yeah. and he comes back. Then his daughter's out there. Yeah, you know,
1: oh, yeah. So when you left with. Billy, sorry. I mean, did you feel that like what were you thinking when you heard that, though, like go find your dream? I mean, did you think it was all BS or did it touch you like, yes, I have to find my dream? What was your mindset after talking with him?
2: I was kind of inspired by him because he okay. really was sharing, like, listen, it's been a struggle. The only reason I'm here is some some guy came in the bar and liked this one song I sang and he's offered to be my manager and things took mm-hmm. off after this achy breaky heart song. So it's like that one little thing, you know, that that pivotal moment, that that tipping point as Malcolm Gladwell calls it, right? right that right. little thing that that sets you over the edge. And, and so I
1: was You were probably relieved as well too that there wasn't a restraining order, I assume. Uh, I was very relieved <laughs> because
2: I was threatened with uh, many things uh, that night. Uh, Steve's bodyguard is very good, let me just say. But I got I got past Steve's bodyguard.
1: <laughs> uh, that's By the good. way, uh,
2: in college, I was a cocktail waitress at the Sheridan Hotel. I used to meet the WWF wrestlers, which I used to walk yeah. up on TV. I met Van Halen and partied with them. So I kind of knew like how you kind of- What
1: about like, my- So my idol, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, you ever meet them?
2: no i wish i had but i i I met a lot of good bands back in the 80s rock and roll days my ex-husband is a drummer in a rock band so we had to go to all the concerts and anyways it kind of helped me get to billy ray that night um it, it it wasn't easy and there were a lot of obstacles um but i got there and I think his story inspired me because he was like, listen, I'm not an overnight success. And if all the fame and the money goes away, he goes, I'm still gonna be playing music because that's what I love to do. So I was kind of like, I guess you could say like, you know, did I think it was BS? No, I didn't think it was BS, but I never really thought about it. And I think it goes back to Abraham Maslow where he says, when you're in survival mode, you're not thinking about your aspirations or your dreams, right? I'm like, how do I pay the rent? How do I pay the BG&E bill? How do I, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have three kids to support. So Billy Ray was the first person that really opened my eyes. Like, what are you, what are you, what do you want to do? You know, and why was I so miserable at this job in the legal field that I had loved? And I thought it was my forever job. Like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, you know? And I, I was very disheartened about the whole thing. But um, I didn't give up on it. A year later, I found the book by Richard Bowles about what do you love to do, where you lose all sense of time. And I knew right away it was writing. Because when I was a kid, I don't know, I just spent hours in my room writing. And um, when it came time to like write a report or an essay, I was like all excited. But if I had to speak in front of people, I stayed home and took a zero. I had an intense fear of public speaking. I had to go to Toastmasters, speaking circles, Therapy, like just to be able to talk to people. I did. Wow. Very shocked. You know,
1: so this will probably shock you because I'm the host of a podcast, but (laughs) I despise public speaking. I mean, even doing the podcast, it took me a long, long time just to record my three or four minute intro segments. I mean, it would take me hours for the first couple episodes because I, I think I'm, ultimately pretty good at it, but I was just so fearful of it. And it took me a little bit to get past the fear and just go out and do it.
2: I I can relate. And I'd have to say, I'm glad you overcame the fear because first of all, you have a great voice and a great presence. Oh, thank and- you. People used to say that about me and I'm going, but I hate public speaking, but I hate talking, but I don't want to do it. And, but this, this thought was always in the back of my head. If you, if you want to be a successful writer, you must get over your fear of public speaking. And that's the only thing that drove me to uh, go to Toastmasters for seven years, Mm -hmm. become the president of the club, the area governor, become a facilitator for speaking circles is because I had this intense fear. I couldn't, I couldn't get up in front of like three people without heart palpitations. Like, I'm still like I don't do a lot of podcast interviews which doesn't make any sense cuz I write all these books and now this year I've decided I'm committed to doing interviews cuz it's part of like the thing that you struggled with is like uh you're mm-hmm. probably just very content like not being in front of the camera as I am as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. I yep. mean there's a part of me that loves it and then there's a part of me that's like uh God, do I really have to do that? And ultimately it's like yes, this is how you're innovating, this is how you're meeting new people, this is how you're growing and how you're bringing all these fabulous fans of the show with us. So, yeah, yeah I mean it ultimately allows me to talk to people like you that are inspiring, so I kind of force myself to go out and and do it. So That's awesome. Uh, you know, one of the things that you make big around what you do right now well since january 2020 is that you're you're trying to write a book a month to get up to 28 books right yes can you explain a little bit about that
2: yes so um so yeah so after uh not to go into the whole story but after i left you know, Billy Ray and I decided writing was my passion. Mm-hmm. I, I went after that and I thought that I needed credentials. So I became a newspaper reporter by basically oh, wow. stalking the editor of the newspaper and writing, pretending to be a fake reporter. And I wrote articles until he published them. And then when he published them, he, he actually hired me
0: <laughs> to, to
2: work for him. So I became a reporter to get, to get experience. And then I realized you don't really need experience to self publish a book. And so I published my first book in 2011 Mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, did the bestseller launch and all that. And that's when people started asking me to help them write books, publish books, launch books. And so I started this bestselling author program in 2013. And I've been doing that ever since. I have over 250 clients that I've done book launches for. But this whole thing with 28 books to 100K was sort of another crazy story where, Um, The end of last year, I was reading an article on written word media, and it said the average 100K author has 28 books. And I'm like, well, I don't have 28 books. So I guess I'm not going to make $100,000, and I need to make $100,000 of passive income. I don't know why. I just decided I did. Are you
1: talking 100K 100K a year or just an extra 100K? 100K a
2: year. 100K
1: a year. Amazing.
2: And I was like, well, I can write 28 books because here's the thing. I could type 100 words a minute. I love creating content. I've mm-hmm. taught like 20,000 classes, you know, on my website, become a six-figure woman and bestselling author program. So I had a lot of content already and I just like, I like writing. So I'm like, yeah, I can write a book a month and then I'll get to 28 books and I'll see if I can make 100K. Nine mm-hmm. months into it, I get to $2,300 and people are like, do you have a course? Do you have a book? Can you help us? We want to do it. I mean, clients I hadn't heard of, heard from for a long time, all of a sudden wow. they want to write a book a month. And everybody kept saying the same thing. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. I want to do this. I want to join you. So I had to write. I was going to wait till I made six figures to actually write the book. But they were like, what's your system? How do you do it? How do you plan the books? How do you, um, you know just the whole getting a book done in a month and published it yeah. is not easy. So I wrote the book. How many,
1: I... oh, go ahead, continue. Well... I just have some questions about the book then too.
2: Okay, so we're we're 11 months in now. So I have 11, but I just published the 11th book uh, two days ago, the November book. It's called Self-Publishing Secret Sauce. So I've done 11 books. Now, um, if you were going to, I don't know if you were going to ask me this, but I try to keep them um, 100 pages or less. in these sh- you
1: in the can short- read my mind.
2: <laughs> in the sh- I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. Well, I'll tell you this. And Seth Godin said the same thing. My first book was called Quit Your Job and Follow Your Dreams. 250 pages. That one took mm-hmm. me over a year to do the second edition and edit. It was a nightmare. And Seth Godin wrote a blog post and he said, one of my books took me a year to write and one took me 30 days. The 30 day book outsells the one year book 10 to one. And it made me realize people invest too much in one book. They make it like buying one lottery ticket. Don't do that. Just just write a short Mm -hmm. book about your topic. Make sure you you research the keywords, just like SEO on websites. Make sure people want the book. Make sure you're, you know, people are searching for it. Write a short book. And by, by short, I mean under 100 pages and then see how it goes. But don't put all your right. eggs in one basket. And what I learned, and this is like an experiment, what I've learned in the last 11 months is out of the 11 books I have, and I haven't launched them all because I just published the other one the other day, but I have like three top sellers. So, you know what I mean? So, I'm making 80% of the income from three of my books, but I've, written 11 so it's kind of like that 80 20 thing right so yeah. i wrote all these books but they're not all like they're not all doing well in fact m- one of my top books is 28 books to 100k the the other top book is how to find your passion 23 questions that can change your entire life um Definitely. and then i have another book um I'm trying to think Do you what-
1: have them on well like uh audible the audio books as well too or is uh, it just so, hard copies? Yep. Yeah, um, no,
2: they're all Kindle and hard copies. I mean paperback, I'm sorry. And yeah, they're paperback. all self-published on Amazon. Now I did because this one was selling so well for so long, mm-hmm. it's my top seller. I did go back and do an audiobook for it. So okay. It, the audiobook isn't on Amazon yet, although I published it like three months ago. They it's just behind on getting Amazon's approval on it. So oh, wow. I have it on a lot of platforms, but um uh, doing an audiobook is very time-consuming, <laughs> very labor-intensive.
1: Oh. Okay, okay. So you actually read the script then yourself, the the book yourself out loud. I no, like those. Like that.
2: I, I did hire a narrator. I liked her voice, and I hired a narrator. <laughs> I, I kind of would have liked to have done it myself, but. Uh, at the time, my daughter and three-year-old granddaughter were staying with me. And so I had a three-year-old running around and I was like, there's no way I can record this book. Like I, I oh, yeah. pay somebody to do it. So she did a good job. I like it.
1: Okay. Okay. I kind of feel like, like for example, Joe Perry's Rocks which is his latest autobiography from a few years ago. Um, the audible version uh, he is actually reading the whole entire book himself, and to me, that was really awesome because it made me feel like, hey, Joe Perry himself is telling me his life story, and it just—I thought it brought another level of. Um, I,
2: I agree with you. Personal. I mean, you have to have a certain kind of voice. I, I think. I I think. I think reading, you know, especially for celebrities, yeah, reading your yeah. own. Book. Um, I just, like I said, I just didn't have the privacy to do the book myself, but I think, I think one of them I will end up probably reading myself.
1: Okay, well, I will definitely look forward to that. So how do you then end up writing and publishing a book a month?
2: So I've been um, keeping a title journal for many years, titles pop into my head, like when I'm walking, when I'm in the shower, when I'm doing nothing, I don't know, I'm like a title machine in my head. And so I'm always writing down ideas for books. So I have pages and pages of ideas. So every month I look at my title book and I look at the titles and I say, what do I want to write about this month? And I try And this is what i talk about planning your books for the year i try to write Mm -hmm. in series of three so like my book quit your job and follow your dreams how to find your passion career path Mm -hmm. resuscitation those all have to do with career you know finding your passion your career all that so i tend to write in like three you know series of three and then i write books on for authors like 28 books to 100k backwards book launch digital retirement i just did self-publishing secret sauce and then what I'm going to do next year is take all these books I wrote this year. I'm going to create box sets with them um, so that I can then okay. take three for each of the books. So I'll have four box sets next year. And then I can also have audio books. So that 28 books to 100K doesn't mean I have to write 28 entire books. I, I need 28 products to sell. So a box right. set is a product. An audio book is a product. So when i get to that 28 i better be making 100k because <laughs> <don't love>
1: <laughs> so how do you design like the covers the artwork for them stuff like that the books that you've showed me i mean they they look gorgeous they look really attractive if i'm looking for they always say oh well you shouldn't judge a book by its cover you know the old cliche i do i do judge books I by its do. cover because if the book looks boring, it may have good content, but it's probably not gonna appeal to my creativity side. I want something that looks snazzy because it symbolizes if it looks snazzy, then the the author probably got the creativity angle that I'm looking at too.
2: Yeah, it's funny you said that. In my latest book, Self-Publishing Secret Sauce, um, I wrote about this uh, publishing guy, I think it was back in the 1900s. And he had this thing that if, um, he published a book for his client, and it and it didn't sell fifty thousand copies. He sent it to the title Hospital. So I had to go back to the title hospital and they retitled it. And then they literally, yeah. like the book sold six thousand copies. They retitled it, It sold fifty thousand copies. So a title wow. is everything, a cover is everything. I mean, it's the foundation of a book. It's what gets people to even open it up. Um yep. I did find a great designer on ninety nine designs, and she's been doing all of my books. Uh, Sometimes I tell her what I want, like I have a vision of it. And sometimes she just like this one, she came up with herself. I didn't say anything. This one, I did want that pencil that looked like kind of like a rocket on it, you know? So I come up with some of the ideas, but she executes on the ideas and uh, she's just really good. You just have to, I mean, I do, I do have like resources that I share with people. I now have an online course for 28 books to 100K that I just launched. So I have people doing this with me. And I share all of my resources for like designers, formatters, editors. Oh,
1: that's so, you know, you're talking about your courses, the resources, stuff like that kind of sounds like anybody could do this. Can they?
2: Well, it's funny because, um, some people hate writing and I get clients that are like, I want a book, but I hate writing but I'm a good talker. Like I have this one client, he's on YouTube every single day, like he does the most amazing videos. Well, now he's transcribing those, um, those talks that he's doing. And he's making books out of them. And he's already done two books. So you don't have to write it. Um, So can anybody do it? I mean, yeah, you have to have a lot of determination. And you have to like, really, um, be consistent and committed to the process. Because every month I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, I, um, you have to sit down, you have to find blocks of time to write. Then the editing process is not fun for a week. I'm back and forth with the editor version one, version two, version 10. And then we're going back and forth on book designs. And really it, it's, it takes up a lot of my time doing the book. What, a month.
1: what does that editing process look like? like when they're editing and you're going back and forth i mean what are you like arguing about like changing different sentences to say something else i mean give us an example of that process
2: Okay, yeah so my editor who i've been working with for for years now and she does all my clients books too she's really good she'll be like Michelle, you repeated yourself three times. Well, guess what? In the legal field, we do that when we write pleadings. We repeat ourselves all the time, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like you're just repeating the statement of facts and this. So I have to watch myself when I write books because I tend to like say the same thing ten times. So she'll she'll be like, yeah. "All right, I, I you already said this, Michelle. Can we take this out? Can we move this here?" Um, This doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? Because sometimes you forget your own craft and you think everybody understands like when I'm talking about keywords or categories or SEO. And I'm like, uh, she's like, people don't know what SEO is. People don't understand, you know, um, some of the lingo, just like legally, So, um, and also even though she edits it and then I approve the edits and then I send it back once I read it again, uh, word for word front to back, there's always more stuff to change. And then I change more stuff and she has to go back and edit the additional changes. And then I have to read it through one more time. I don't know. We, we end up reading it like probably about three times. And I think big publishing houses do it like four or five times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's why they don't get a book out for like 18 to 24 months because of all the the editing. Mm -hmm.
1: So how does writing a book help one grow their business or help build a business?
2: Well, I will use one of my clients, Lisa Phillips, as an example. She um, hired me in 2018. Um, She said, I hate writing. I don't want to write a book. And I said, great. I have a ghostwriter who will write a book for you. Actually, my ghostwriter is an attorney. She's also a judge and she's written four of her own humorous books, which is interesting for an attorney that have won several awards. She's really good. Wow. So Lisa signed up for the ghostwriting package. We did her book. It's it's called uh, Real Estate Investing for Beginners. Very clever title. That's what people were searching in the search bar on Amazon. We we just used wow. what people were searching for. Last month, she did 8,000 in sales from this one book. Wow. And you know why it went to 8,000? She never had 8,000 before Motley Fool picked up her book as one of the top 10 real estate books and they put it on their website and all of a sudden her sales just doubled overnight. So she was already doing doing okay. But anyways, I just talked to her yesterday and Lisa said, Michelle, writing this book, even though technically, yes, we we used a ghostwriter, but still it was Lisa's content and information. And the, the ghostwriter just helps, you know, get it onto paper, get it organized. And it's still, it's in the, it's in the author's voice, but she said it changed her whole business. She has a multiple six-figure business. She does group coaching, individual wow. coaching. She has an online course. She has a membership site. She does podcast interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And now she, she called me up. She goes, I'm going to write a book a month with you. You've inspired me. I go, really? Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So now she wants to write a book a month, but just her one book, you know, in different formats. She has the audio book, she has a Spanish translation, print, Kindle. She she was doing 8,000 last month on this book.
1: Wow. That that is amazing. So, I'm assuming then that, you know, writing the books that it it can help you grow, build the business, but it can also help you bring in new clients, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um it's it, it's it can be considered a lead magnet in some ways um, because I've had people go out. One of my first books that I wrote for authors was called Backwards Book Launch, and it was about reverse engineering your book and putting the profit first.
1: Do you know who? Um, I, I I'm sorry. I just got a comment. I love how every time you're talking, you know, <laughs> you just flip up. A new, a new book, a new book, a new book, and uh, it, it's it's kind of like you have all the books there. <laughs> I actually have
2: them on my bookshelf over there, and I said for the interview I'm going to grab three, so I did only grab three to talk.
1: Okay, about. okay, no, it's awesome. But I it's love
2: funny, it. It's funny because this this book, I love this book, um, and because. I use one of the case studies, Mike McAllowitz. He wrote a book called Profit First. I don't know if you know who he is. He wrote a uh, no. anyways. The guy wrote a book and then Profit made-
1: First. Actually, I think I might I might actually have that one. That sounds very familiar now that I think of it.
2: I bet you have it. He he's he's pretty well known now. He's he's done several business books now. He's getting to be mm-hmm. like Seth Godin. The thing I okay. like about Mike McAllowitz is he thought about he thinks about the profit first before he writes a book. So that book, Profit First, and uh, um what he did was he creates a certification program at the end of it. He says, Do you want to become a profit first professional? If you're an accountant, mm-hmm. a business coach, an entrepreneur, whatever, you can apply here, get certified, and then you can be one of our profit first coaches. He got 130 people to do his $10,000 program. And he made a million dollars on the back end of the book. That, so who knows what he made from the book, but yeah. he he built the profit into those books. Every book he does, he does a certification at the end of it. Every book has a certification and I love it. And they're all not $10,000, just that one was, but cause it's more like an, an accounting accountant type thing. Some of them right. are a couple thousand or whatever. But the point is there's 12 profit paths you can add on. So a lot of people have purchased this book and then they've hired me for my Done For You program. And my Done For You program goes from 6,000 to 25,000. So selling you know, a $2 ebook or a $3 ebook can bring me you know, a $10,000 client, $20,000 client, whatever. So it really right. is a great lead magnet, especially if you are selling anything high ticket. It's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, we're talking about the books, getting books out, writing books. What about book launches? I mean, we're during the pandemic, traditional book launches are probably very tough right now. How are you getting around this? Are you doing it virtual, hybrid? What, what is that? And is it still important in this day and age?
2: Yeah. So I never done a real live book launch or a book signing. I, I take that back many years ago. I did a book signing at Borders bookstore uh, before I even had this program. Um, that was, mm-hmm. that was something else, but um, I, I've always just done book launches for clients. Um, and a book launch to me is just, you, you pick a day or two days that you're going to launch your book, just like the movies do when the new movie uh-huh. comes out. Oh, this movie made, You know, X amount of dollars. You know, at the box office. Well, book launch is the same thing. Put all your marketing on this one day or these two days. Get the highest amount of sales in the shortest amount of time. And what that does is it puts you at the top of the bestsellers list in Amazon. Now, I've also Mm -hmm. done Wall Street Journal and USA Today launches, but most of my clients are in the Amazon program. And so we launch the book, we get it out there in a big way. Where you know, I just launched a gardening book. Now gardening for some reason is a hot topic right now on raised bed gardens and container gardening with my client Wendy Silvera and 6,000 people downloaded her book in two days. The book has surpassed one of the top books in that category um, that was published by Callisto Media Um, And uh, her book is doing phenomenal. Now we did research the keywords and we were very strategic with the book, but Mm -hmm. the funny part of the story was when Wendy came to me, she goes, I would like to write a book on English cottage gardens. I said, I don't know anything about English cottage gardens, but if the data shows that it's a good keyword and people are searching for it on Amazon, I'll let you know. So I do the research, nobody's searching for English cottage gardens. There are no successful books making any money. And I talked him out of it. I said, I'm not going to take you on as a client and do that book because it's not going to be successful. But right. during my research, I happened to find, and I know nothing about gardening. I can't even keep like a house plant alive. I said, oh,
1: same here, same here. Yeah, uh, it, it's terrible what I terrible. do plants.
2: So I told them I found keywords that were highly searched, which container beds and raised bed gardens. And they they hired me and they said, we'll write that book. And three months later they wrote the book, published it. Um, and actually the print book is in color because there's so many pictures of like the plants and the vegetables and the fruits and the gardens and the planters and all this stuff. But anyways, it's a beautiful book and they're very, very happy. They started a website they now have a amazon store with all the gardening stuff so they're making money from that and wendy who's a teacher um and i think her husband i forget her husband's in the financial planning or something anyway she's doing like gardening coaching now for people like you know they're hiring her so she just created a whole business around this
1: book wow that is really really awesome and it it, it's really kind of comes full circle, like fulfilling for a lot of people, like you just said with the gardening story there. So I've got to ask you, how can people get started with this with you?
2: Well, they can find me at um, my website, bestsellingauthorprogram.com. I do have a private Facebook group, um, 28 Books to 100K. They can join the free Facebook group. Because I do have links in there. They can get my free templates for 28 books to 100K. I actually give them all the templates that they need to write the book a month, to plan out the annual books, um, to do their income chart, and to write each book. So I give them the templates. I give them some training. So they can sign up in the free Facebook group, or you can find me on bestsellingauthorprogram.com.
1: Okay. That's pretty awesome, Hey, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a pretty gnarly story. I love that. I love whenever someone has something they can mix in that has music or rock music, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Or Heck, I'll even take Billy Ray Cyrus. I got achy, breaky heart going through my head. I love it.
2: Thank you. It's funny because I never listened to country music. I didn't even know who Billy Ray Cyrus was. I mean, I was from uh-huh. like Guns N' Roses, ACDC, you know, yeah. uh, Aerosmith, you know, all yeah. those rock, rock and roll bands. And so um, a neighbor had given me his, his um, uh, I guess it was a CD back then and said oh you should go you know listen to this Billy Ray achey breaky heart and I was like why would I listen to this but that song was very addicting and that's really changed oh, yeah. my life
1: just just Did you learn to dance
2: Thank you, Brakey. They did have a line dance yeah.
1: for it. I'm also, no. <laughs> I can't dance either. Don't feel bad. But hey, thank you again, Michelle. This has been oh, incredible. And we'll make sure we get you back after you get your, your 28 books, <laughs> 20 and we'll fun. talk about how it's been.
2: That sounds good. Thank you, David. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. Cheers. All right,
2: cheers.
1: That was awesome. Michelle, I'm telling you. She is incredible. I loved that interview. Probably one of my favorite by far. Maybe because the music connection, I don't know, but it was incredible to me. First off, if you love that interview as much as I did, do me a favor support this channel by smashing that like button, smashing that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out and be a true Shark Bite Biz Warrior, please share this video to your network on social media let's do me a favor let's get shark Byte biz and michelle Culp trending thank you now let's go back to michelle Culp here so her billy ray cyrus story i mean to me that that totally connects and it's pretty funny because personally i'm almost the same way uh not with billy ray cyrus But with Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, my idols, and, you know, talk about persistence. It's moments like that, though, that can really change and impact your life or define your life. We've all had those types of moments where it's almost like a wake up call for us to start moving towards our true life calling and you know besides the fact that was a pretty awesome and fun story to hear and I got the achy breaky heart now stuck in my head again it's not leaving it's it's just singing in the back of my head but it was really awesome though just hearing her career trajectory to get exactly where she is today you know she's another one of those people that we've had on the show that loves something a lot when she was young, but it took her many years to actually do exclusively what she loves, which is writing, you know? it's, It's really her true love in life. So when I hear people that can actually achieve their dreams and do what they love, oh man, I'm a sucker for that stuff. That goes back to the intro where I was telling you, You know, humans are gullible for stories, personal stories, personal growth stories. You know, we love hearing that stuff, especially when it comes down to following your dreams. Now, you got to remember, though, when you're following your dreams, it doesn't always lead to success immediately, but more often than not, it does if you don't give up and that's where you have to work hard and stick with it. Just like Michelle did, she stalked Billy Ray Cyrus. You just gotta keep doing that and don't give up. Another area I feel is important and I wanna point out is the place where I feel too many creatives get lost too easily in their own minds. People like myself, like Michelle, we have too many ideas in our head things are just flowing through it's very easy to get sidetracked just like Michelle said about having her titles and all those creative juices for her books and you kind of actually have to take a step back write those down so that you don't get sidetracked because if you don't you just spend all your time contemplating what to do instead of organizing your ideas and actually executing them So planning your books, planning, you know, whatever it may be, planning that out by writing it down was a key critical focus of what I got speaking with Michelle. Now, also, how to launch a book. I think that's really critical as well, too. First, you got to remember, there has been no time like right now to be a creator, And just like I was alluding to in the intro, you need to be creating content and doing that constantly and frequently. And if part of what you're doing for your content that you're creating is writing a book, there are plenty of publishing options out there for you it's never been easier to publish a book heck you can even self publish on amazon without even having a publisher if you really wanted to launching the book to get that coveted number one spot on amazon is critical you do want to have success with that and remember people do judge a book by its cover So when you're launching that book and you're trying to get that number one spot, you've got to make sure that you have that plan to get you where you need to be when you do launch it. And if you go back and listen to the interview, I think Michelle had a pretty good idea on how to do that with a limited budget. If you're thinking about launching a book writing a book i definitely suggest that you reach out to michelle she does have her best selling author program.com website reach out to her she loves helping people especially if it's about writing books launching books that's her real true passion so before i forget one more time Do not forget to grab the book, 28 Books to 100K on Amazon. The link will be in the description, whether on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, you'll find the link in the description for this. Grab Michelle's book, reach out to her. Lastly, do you want to be a guest in this show? Do you got a good business story, just like Michelle did with her 28 Books to 100K? If you do shoot me an email david at sharkbitebiz.com i would love to have each and every one of you as one of our special guests on this show and hey lastly remember i'm david strasser this is sharkbitebiz and we'll see you all next episode bye